Shabbat Shalom and welcome. It's Kenny Russell, Bulldozer of Faith, living life in the spirit. I hope you're blessed and encouraged in Yehovah today. And what a blessing it is to have a Shabbat where we can rest in the presence of Yehovah, be built up spiritually. And what's important is that we are taking time in the presence of Yehovah and being transformed by the power of of the Ruach HaKodesh, His Holy Spirit within our lives. So welcome to today's uh, live broadcast. I hope you're doing well. If you're just tuning in, just give us a shout out. Let us know that you are watching. You can do that in the comments section on YouTube and also on uh, the Facebook feeds. So uh, I see we've got uh, Gerda um, that's joining us tonight. We've got Deb with us in Texas. Uh, Shabbat Shalom, good to see you. If anyone else is tuning in, I know it's about 1.30 on the East coast of America, uh, 12.30 in the central time uh, in the U.S. And here in the land of Israel, it is 8.30 here in the evening. So what a blessing. Anyway, let's just take a moment to pray. We're going to delve into the Word, and we're just going to spend a little bit of time being encouraged in the presence of Yehovah. Father, we want to thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, that it's not by might nor by power but it's by your Spirit. And that's how we see victory, Father, It's by your Spirit. You have not called us to walk in the flesh, but you've called us to live life in the Spirit. You've called us to set ourselves aside, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you as our spiritual act of worship. So as we come together right now, around your scripture. We want to proclaim your blessings and proclaim that your promises are yes and amen. And we celebrate the victory that we have within our lives. But more than anything, Father, we ask that you will uh, minister in and through our lives to make a difference in this generation. In Yeshua's name. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about the Torah, his story, history. <laughs> and the reason I want to talk on this, uh, it's not because, and uh, you know, those that do Torah portions are back in the book of Genesis or anything like that. Everyone's walking around wearing their white today here in the land of Israel for the, the start of uh, the, the Torah cycle. But, you know, I want us to get to a place of understanding what time are we living Living in. And if you were part of our Zoom call uh, last Sunday, you know, I just felt it was so important to put a plumb line down that we understand the days in which we are living and what we are waiting for and what the end times truly looks like. Now, we know we are living in the end days, but just because uh, we see crisis after crisis and we see different events taking place, it doesn't mean that this is the end of the end. What we have to do is go to the scriptures and understand what the scripture says concerning the end times. And I want to read in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to be there. Uh, we're going to refer back to the book of Exodus and, and you know, John chapter 3 as well. And I want us to just be spiritually alert because, you know, that's what it says in the Word. It, it talks about us being spiritually alert. We've got to prepare our minds for action. And if we're listening to the Catholic Jesus message, and, uh, you know, some people might be offended at that statement, Protestant Christianity is Catholic. So we're not looking for the Catholic view. We're not looking for the evangelical view of uh, what time it is because their model is missing so much of the picture when it comes to the gospel. 
Firstly, we don't see the word church within the scriptures. <laughs> so you look, you look in the scriptures, it's the word ecclesia. It's the assembly. So if you are being brought up under the culture of Christianity, modern day Christianity, you know, you're told that the father married Israel in the Old Testament and Yeshua, he marries the church in the New Testament. And what do we have? We have a separation of his story. So anyway, let's get into the book of 1 Corinthians. I want to lay uh, some of the scriptures down here, and I want to encourage you to share this message with others. Just take a moment and hit share. If there's someone you're thinking about, uh, just send them a message on your social media and just invite them to come and join us as we are in the scriptures. And if you're watching later on podcast as well, I encourage you just to share this message with others. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And it's quite interesting because what we're dealing with is we're dealing with um, avoiding self-indulgence. But let's just look at what we see in verse 1. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. Don't be ignorant. We are not called to be ignorant. We've got to get to that place where we put ignorance aside. So that means when someone's preaching, we've got to go back and weigh up with the Scripture. We don't want to live in a day where we just believe what uh, is told to us. We've got to be those who are seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. And I don't know about you, have I got any seekers watching today? You know, are you a seeker? Are you one that chooses to live life by the Spirit? Are you inquiring in the presence of Yehovah that you may partake of the goodness of a mighty God? Hallelujah. For I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, our forefathers, whose forefathers, our forefathers, Whose forefathers? Our forefathers. Okay, not just talking about Jewish or Israeli forefathers. This is our forefathers. What are we talking about? They were under the cloud that they passed through the sea. They were all immersed, hallelujah, into Moshe in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. They drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Messiah. Hallelujah. Just picture this for one moment. They're eating and they're drinking the same spiritual food. They are all under the cloud. Yet, what were we dealing with? We're dealing with a spirit of rebellion. You're coming out of Egypt. But is Egypt coming out? of us. And this is why we've got to get to that place where we understand what it truly means to be in the Spirit. I don't care if you agree with the Scriptures or not. It, you know, you can read the Bible and say, oh, I, I believe that God is real. I agree with the Scriptures. But if you don't live it, and apply it to your life. What do you have? You know, we're, we're not just trying to get uh, to a, a place of, uh, you know, self-understanding of this is my viewpoint. No, it doesn't matter about your viewpoint. You've got to take the scriptures and we have got to look out. What is the word saying? And how do we look out from the word? Don't take your idea to the Bible. You'll find, you know, you'll be able to convert the scriptures into anything you want if you take your word to the Bible, especially in today's world where what do we have? We have cut and paste 
Christianity, we just take a verse from here, a verse from there, and we don't worry about the context. It's, you know, that doesn't matter. You know, we've just got to get this word and apply this word. And we want to be people who are in context. So what do we see here? We see a rebellious people. You are witnessing the manifestation of the kingdom. This is the gospel that was preached to Abraham. Hallelujah. He received the gospel, the good news of the coming of the king, the good news of the kingdom being established. For what purpose? Why was the father going to work through Abraham? Why was he going to make him into a great nation? Why was he going to bless all the nations of the world through him? Because this was the answer for fallen man that we see in the beginning of Genesis. Mankind fell. They gave up their position to Hasatan, to Satan. And the only way that Yahovah could bring restoration to mankind was to marry man. So who married man? It was Messiah. So what does it say? They drank the same spiritual, um, uh, where is it? They drank, this, uh, they drank the same spiritual drink and they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Messiah. So if we just turn there right now, uh, you know, we'll see in Exodus chapter 17 where it talks about this rock. And you look at this rock and in the context of what is written, what's going on with the people? They are walking in the kingdom, they're walking in the miracles of Yehovah, yet they're complaining. We have lack, we have lack. And, you know, what does fear, what does um, uh, lack of trust, what does it do to your life? It separates you from witnessing and experiencing the promises of Yehovah. So the whole Israelite community, verse 1 of 17 in the book of Exodus, set out from the desert uh, of Sin. They traveled from place to place as Yehovah commanded them. They camped at Raphidim, but they did, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moshe and said, Give us water to drink. Moshe replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why don't you put Yehovah, uh, why do you put Yehovah to the test? He's basically saying, Why are you quarreling? Don't you realize if the Father has brought you out, if you are brought out here, is he not going to provide for you? And we've got to get to that place where we're not mourning and complaining. Oh, Father, this is what I deserve. This is what you need to do for me. Guess what? He, he understands what you're going to pray even before you pray. But let's be in the right heart, in the right spirit, and how we function. So what do we see in this portion of Scripture? Moses, he inquires of Yehovah. He cries out to Yehovah, verse 4, um, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. So they're so mad at the deliverance. They're so mad. Why? They don't have the same things that they had in the past. They're walking into the new. And you know what? One thing I love about being in the spirit, walking in the spirit, we're walking into the new. It's not about my understanding of what I think. It's the understanding of Yehovah. We want his understanding. What am I to do? These people are about to stone me. Moses, it's all your fault. You brought us out here. Yehovah answered Moshe in verse 5, Walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand your staff, the rod of your testimony. 
with which which you struck the Nile, and go and stand there before uh, the the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and war will come out for it. What uh, war will come out of it for the people to drink? So this is what Moshe did. This is what he did. He brought forth the water. Um, from the rock. He struck the rock, and we know that in the book of Numbers, the second time he was told to speak to the rock. And what did he do? He struck the rock out of anger, and that action stopped him and Aaron from entering into the land for doing that. But who is this rock? This rock is Messiah. Everywhere we look within Torah, we find Messiah. So if we dismiss the beginning of the book, you dismiss the very foundation of Messiah that we need to know to live our life. So here we are in the end times. We've got events going on in our world where it looks like one world order is about to birth. And we've got all sorts of crazy stuff. Are we on the verge of war? Um, Full-blown war with Iran here in the land of Israel. Is China going to invade Taiwan? Is there going to be a lot of pressure in different uh, uh, parts of the world? Especially as we see a weak America right now. What type of responses are we going to see from the superpowers at this day? What's Russia going to be doing? What's happening in Afghanistan in these days? what's happening in Iraq as well in these days. So let's come back to the scripture and what we see in verse 5. It says, Nevertheless, Elohim was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered all over the desert. So you can come out of Egypt. You can come out of the old life. Oh, you know, I'm coming out. You know, we know that they were obedient when it came to the Passover lamb. They were all happy about staying indoors and putting the blood on the doorposts for their, uh, for their deliverance so that they would be saved from the angel of death. But here we find we have a mourning and complaining people who are living in the realm of the kingdom. And this is something that's very important I want us to capture today. You know, you can fake being a Christian, but you can't fake the kingdom. We've got to walk in the kingdom and in his promises. We've got to understand that we're not called to work, to walk in self-indulgence. We're not called to walk in our ways and just moan and complain and make demands on Yehovah. So you might receive the provision of Yehovah, but you might fall short of everything that that he has for you because you fail to obey his instructions. You fail to honor Yehovah and you fail to uh, put the Torah uh, in the doorposts of your heart. And, you know, that's where they need to be. You know, he, he takes it from tablets of stone and he places it within our hearts of flesh. Hallelujah. So we still need the instructions of Yehovah. Verse 6, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. So what are we doing? We don't be ignorant. Recognize that this is a warning. So we need the Torah. We need to understand, especially the coming out of Egypt and all the process that the, the Father took the children of Israel through. Do not be um, idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down and ate and drank and got up and indulged in pagan 
rivalry. What was that? What were they doing? What was taking place there? It was the golden calf that we see in the book of Exodus. And this is something that we have to understand. Don't put the name of Yahovah on a pagan ritual, a pagan festival, and think that it's going to bring blessing before Yahovah. Just receive my worship. You know, uh, you know, we we were praying to the Father through the golden calf. You know, what are you going to do with things like? Christmas, um, as we're coming into that season, uh, you know, these things are coming up. What are you going to do with Christmas? It's pagan. It's not the birth time of Messiah. It's a pagan festival. And it doesn't matter if you get little baby Jesus and sing little baby Jesus songs. It's not going to make it any better. It is not in your scriptures and it's not how we are called to walk. But like I said at the beginning, we've got to be delivered from this Christian Catholic mentality and come back to the Torah. We're called to be messianic in our belief system and walking in his ways. Verse 8, we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Jehovah as some of them did and were killed by snakes. This was such an important test that even in the place of their sin, we see the favor, the grace of Yahovah. What did Moshe do? He made uh, that uh, snake of gold. And when you looked up on that uh, uh, stick, what happened? You were healed. And keep your finger in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you're just tuning in, thanks for joining with us. But I want us to go to John chapter 3. And, you know, it's an important portion of Scripture. We see Nicodemus. He is, you know, the teacher of Israel. You know, he's the, uh, the priest of Israel. And what happens? He comes to Yeshua at night. Why does he come at night? Because he's not coming with the agenda of the Pharisees and Sadducees. He's coming with the, the, the heart-wrenching questions that's coming from his heart. And what does Yeshua say to him? He recognizes that uh, Nicodemus sees the, the the signs and wonders that are accompanying uh, the miraculous signs that Messiah is doing. And what does Yeshua say to them? I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of Elohim unless he is born again. What do we need to be? We have to be born of the Spirit. You cannot understand the Torah if we are not born of the Spirit. And some people are like, well, yeah, that's the law. You know, we're not under the law. We're under grace. We're under Yeshua. The, uh, the commandments of Yeshua, not the commandments uh, of, of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Anyone happy with that one? Thou shalt not commit adultery. Anyone happy with that? Thou shalt not steal covet your neighbor's wife, and so on and so forth. Yeah, we are happy. Love the Lord thy God and serve him only. These are great commandments. It's the ketubah. It is the conditions of marriage. Who did Israel marry at Mount Sinai? When we understand from what we're seeing here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we understand that Israel is married to the Mashiach, to Yeshua. Hallelujah. So, Yeshua is basically saying, you know, if you want to see the kingdom, 
you know, you have to be born again. You have to be born of the Spirit. And this is a, a challenge to Nicodemus. And what does Yeshua say to him? He says, you are Israel's teacher. You don't understand these things. And, I, you know, I'm just skimming through this just now. You can go back and read it. But, you know, in one of the portions before the famous verse, For God so loved the world, it says in 14, Just as Moshe lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. You must look unto Yeshua if you want to uh, receive eternal life and the forgiveness of your sins. We see the provision of Yahovah even in the place of rebellion. And you might be tuning in right now and you might be against walking in Torah, but you are waking up to the realization that this is the truth. And instead of being angry and speaking against the word, Will you take time to find Messiah within the pages of the story? Uh, the, the Torah is his story. Hallelujah. So if we go back here to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, And don't grumble as some of them did and they were killed uh, uh, by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. So what are we dealing with here? We're dealing with self-indulgence. We're dealing with me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. Oh, I haven't got water. I haven't got provision. I need this. You know, I, I need to feel these things. I'm going to worship in the way I choose to worship with the golden calf, with the Christmas, whatever you want to do. And what's the Father saying? I want you to come back. I want you to come back and recognize these examples that we see within the Torah, within Exodus, they were put there so we could understand the true gospel. And guess what? By the Spirit, by being born of the Spirit, we understand that no temptation has seized us except what is common to man. And Elohim is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under him. We've got to get to that place where we understand what it truly means to be born again. In 1 Peter chapter 1, 23, it says, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of Elohim. We are born again through Messiah, who is the word of Elohim. So we can't dismiss his word. We want to stand on the promises of his word. What is his word? It is yes and amen. His word is final. We can stand and rejoice in who he is. We uh, Some notes I wrote down today as I was praying and, and just the importance of understanding the times in which we're in. We are not going to understand the times that we are in if we're not walking by the Spirit. So if we're walking by the Catholic, Protestant, Christian message, you're going to miss what day we are in. And why do I say that? And if you look at uh, this side here, I've got the scripture here from Ezekiel chapter 37. These are the foundational scriptures for bulldozer faith and what we are doing in the land of Israel. And it says this, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone, 
and I will gather them from all around and bring them back to their own land. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. There will be one king over all of them, and they will never again be divided, uh, never again be two nations or be divided into two kingdoms. Now, why does it say that? Because Yeshua said, I've come for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Yeah. So he came to re-establish his kingdom. He didn't come to give us the church gospel. Oh, you know, there's the Torah gospel over there. And here comes the church gospel. Yes, we are saved by grace. Of course, you know, it's like listening to the violin all day when people who refuse to accept the promises of Yehovah and what the scripture says. We are saved by grace through faith. You cannot do anything for your salvation. But if you are not born again by the Spirit and walking in the Spirit with the guaranteed seal of the Ruach HaKodesh, His Holy Spirit, in your life, you are not saved. Well, I just agree with the word, and I'm just believing that on that day he will accept me. Listen, you're not born again. You need to be born again in the spirit. You need to be immersed in war. You've got to leave the old life. You've got to leave that self-indulgent walk where you think walking with Elohim is just all about what you get. And come to that place where we present our body as a living sacrifice, as we see in Romans chapter 12. So we've got to go from the natural realm to become supernatural before we are capable of receiving and understanding from Elohim. So if we're going to receive the message, we've got to get out of the natural realm and get into the supernatural. If you can't see the Torah as one of the most supernatural parts of Scripture, listen, the whole Scripture is God-breathed by the Spirit. It is filled with the Spirit all over. But there's many people I speak to that just think, oh, yawn, yawn, you know, it's the Torah, yawn, yawn. Now, you know, these are just stories, but I just want to be in the Gospels. I just want to be in the Mercianic Rite in the New Testament. But what have we got to do? We've got to become supernatural this born again experience is amazing we are no we're a new creation the old has gone behold hallelujah all things are new so the spiritual uh, rules of play are outside of the natural rules of play you can't live this life in the spirit the way of the world that's why you've got to come through the wilderness. We have got to get Egypt out of us so that we can enter in. Yes, you can be in the place of the manifestation of the kingdom, but are you truly going to enter into the land? To be spiritually minded is what it truly means to believe. So if we believe, it's because we're spiritually minded. You can't receive anything from Elohim in this realm until we are born of the Spirit. So what we want to do is we want to be those who are receiving of the Spirit. But there's a, there's a caution that we need to think about here. Spiritual fruit should produce a manifestation in the earth and bring the kingdom. But many who receive don't know how to give and what was received is lost. And this is a this is a prophetic word that I want you to get. Spiritual fruit, uh, spiritual fruit should produce a manifestation in the earth and bring the kingdom. But many who receive it 
don't know how to give, and what was received is lost. If you take hold of that which you received by the Spirit, and you don't sow it, and you don't give it, you will lose what you have been given. You will not receive the blessing or the nourishment of what the Father wants to give you. So what days are we living in? Are we truly living in the end of the end? Well, we just read from Ezekiel chapter 37, and we all know the beginning of the, the scripture there on, on the dry bones. And who are these dry bones? It's the whole house of Israel. The gospel concerns the whole house of Israel. And as we shared in our Zoom call last week, we talked about, you know, we can look at genealogies, we can look at all these different things and try and work out our identity. But when the Father brings all his people back to the land, this land will be divided into the areas of the tribes of Israel. And if you live in a part, uh, you know, I'm living in the land of Asher right now. And, you know, if that's the portion that is uh, allotted here for the return of the whole house of Israel, then that's who you will be known as. If you're living in the land of Naphtali, Zebulun, that's who you'll be known as. Judah, that's who you'll be known as. So we identify when the 144,000 are called out as those end time uh, evangelists, you know, they're not just going to come out of uh, New York. They're not coming out of London. <laughs> you know, they're not coming out of any other country. No, they're going to come out of the land, out of the territory of the, the tribes of Israel. They will be sent out. They will understand who they are. Hallelujah. So I want us to look at the days in which we're living and understand another thing. When we look at the book of Revelation, we don't see the return of all the, the whole house of Israel, because there's so many promises that we see within the Torah concerning the whole house of Israel, and we don't see those promises in Revelation. In fact, when you read the book of Revelation, you see people running, you know? Get out. Get out of the city. Don't be caught there. If you're on the roof when these things are happening, get down. Don't go get your tunic. I hope it's not a Sabbath. Run, <laughs> you know, get out of there because destruction is coming. So, you know, I want you to understand that through the Torah, we see a picture that is very different. What we have today in the land of Israel is modern day Zionism. We do not have the Israel of Elohim in the land yet. And that doesn't mean we don't care about the Jews in the land. Yes, we do. We want to see them come to the saving faith in Messiah. But Deuteronomy chapter 30, I want to encourage you to read it. It makes it very clear. I'll bring you back to Torah in the nations, and I'll bring you back to the land. But, you know, look, we just read in the book of Ezekiel. I just want to turn there, because uh, there's a, a couple of verses just past uh, what you see in 37 that I just want to mention. Uh, you know, because in this section, what do we see? We see what is taking place. We see the transformation that's happening in the people of Elohim. Verse 20, 
Hold before their eyes the stick that I have written and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them from all around. I will bring them back into their own land. And what stick is this? It's the one new man. It's the stick of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. You know, that's what it's talking about. That's the one new man. So any other teaching on one new man is just false Christian Catholic doctrine. It's not from the scriptures. Hallelujah. I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. They will be one, there'll be one king over them, and they will never again be two nations or be divided into two kingdoms. They will no longer defile themselves with their idols and their vile images or with any of their offenses. Why? Because I will save them from all their sinful backsliding, and I will cleanse them. They will be my people, and I will be their Elohim. All right, so you walk down the streets of Israel right now today. If just getting the Jews home is what it's going to take, you know, so the Messiah can come, if that's true, then why is this country such a mess? Why is there human sacrifices happening on a daily basis? Abortion is legal. The government pay for abortion for uh, our, our young ladies in the, the IDF. We, we have homosexuality in this country. We have all these different crazy stuff that we know we should not be walking in that way. We have corruption. We're not seeing the cleansing of Yehovah. Oh, brother, but that's the millennial kingdom. That's not what it says in my scripture. That is not what it says. He says, I will bring them back. And if the Christian world thinks by bringing the Jews back, they are doing the preparation for the second coming of Messiah, you've got to ask the question from a theological viewpoint. Is there something true in why they want to see the Jews come home? Yes, there is something true, because it says they'll no longer talk about the first exodus, as we see in the book of Jeremiah. Why? Because this second exodus will be so powerful, and the second exodus is not the book of Revelation. These things have to happen before. We need to see the establishment of the, the kingdom of Israel on the earth, the manifestation of the kingdom. And that's what we saw in the Torah. We saw the manifestation of the kingdom, and we are going to see in these days the manifestation of the kingdom. Why? Yeshua is betrothed to marry Israel. Jeremiah chapter 31. You know, a new covenant I give you with the house of Judah and with the house of Israel. There are people who don't understand, who don't know the gospel, who don't understand the truth. And until they do, it is not the end of the end. We need to see the greatest love story ever told. And that's why it's so important that we should pray for Israel and the land of Israel. Number one, we should recognize who we are. You know, our identity is Israel. You cannot be a believer and be a Gentile of the nations. You have to be grafted into the commonwealth of Israel and take your stand with Messiah. So we stand upon his promises. We know his promises are yes and amen. We celebrate the victory in Messiah. We recognize that there'll be a time where we'll no longer teach our neighbor or a man his brother, no Yehovah. They will all know me from the least of these to the greatest. This is part of the, the new covenant.
that we see in the book of Hebrews chapter 8. That's what we see there, Jeremiah chapter 31. It identifies, this is the covenant you have in Messiah. The Torah is his story. End times, if you don't understand the Torah, if you listen to Catholic, Christian, or you know, Christian, Mercianic uh, doctrine concerning end times, you're going to miss the days in which we are living. Yes, every generation experiences things that are terrible. Man, you think things are bad right now? You look at what people went through in the Second World War. You look at what nations went through when they were being bombarded with German bombs on an ongoing basis, running in and out of their bomb shelters and underground networks and, you know, all the things that they went through. And what did they say? Oh, this is the end. It's the end times. It's the end times. Yes, it's the end times. And even the things in the technological realms that we are seeing today and, you know, the control and the global village and everything that's happening. Yes, this is all leading up to those days. But don't get ahead of the Torah. Don't get ahead of his story. Yes, we should live every day like it's our last as we stand in the presence of Yehovah. We proclaim the victory of Yehovah. But don't neglect what he has to say through his Torah. Like I said, what we have today in the land of Israel's modern day Zionism it's not the biblical model. So don't, you know, if people are telling you, well, you know, you, we're buying and eating the fruits all over the world that's produced in Israel. This is prophetic fulfillment. Yes, but we have not seen the fullness of prophetic fulfillment. Why? Because the kibbutzis that we have here, the majority of them are godless. They don't keep the Sabbath. They're not walking in the ways of Yehovah. And, you know, a lot of the things that we see being identified as the posters of why modern-day Zionism is biblical fulfillment. Well, what about if you take all the other stuff and compare it to Ezekiel chapter 37? I'm going to cleanse them. I'm going to renew them. We need revival in Torah. And when we say we need revival in Torah, what are we saying? We need revival in Yeshua HaMashiach. Moses says in Deuteronomy chapter 18, there's one coming like me and you must listen to him. If you don't, you will be completely cut off. And if you're watching right now and, you know, we don't want to be caught in religion. We want to be walking in relationship. And if you're in the Christian world, and I want to tell you, wake up, get out of the pagan Christian practices and come back to the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and identify who you are called to be. This is a great day to be alive because I believe we're about to witness the greatest love story ever told. I believe that Yeshua is going to manifest on the earth in such a powerful way that all the nations of the world will have to stand to attention because of the glory of a mighty God. So we don't need fear. We need faith. We need to stand. We need to read the beginning of the book and not get caught up in, you know, the mainstream Catholic mindset and say, Father, deliver me of all of that garbage. Let me take the word and look out rather than taking the Catholic ideas to the scripture. Oh, brother, it's not Catholic. I'm a Protestant. I'm an evangelical. I'm a non-denominational. I don't care what you are. If you celebrate Christmas and Easter and you worship on a Sunday instead of a Shabbat, then you're a Catholic. 
You've just got to accept it. The fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That is not a sun worship day. It is the seventh day. It is the Shabbat. Hallelujah. My Messiah, he kept the Sabbath. Paul kept the Sabbath. All the early believers kept the Sabbath. Yes, we are called to worship him every day, but this is a feast day. It's an appointed time. Leviticus chapter 23. The Sabbath is an appointed time, and we are required to set ourselves aside in the presence of Yahovah. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with this message. I hope, you know, look, I'm just laying a basic foundation, but I want to wake you up to the days in which we're living. And, you know, if you've got questions and, and you know, you're concerned about these things, we're going to talk about this and, you know, over these uh, coming weeks because these are important things to know. Because if we don't understand the times in which we're living, and look, I don't care about, um, you know, what other people are teaching on these things. If it's not scripturally based, if I see its roots in a false religion, I'm not going to believe it. I'm going to believe leave the word. And if that means I've got to swim against the flow, if that means we've got to swim against the flow, that's what we have to do. Because I want to walk in the truth of the gospel of the kingdom. So just take it from the scriptures. We are not at the end of the end. Read Deuteronomy chapter 30 and read it and read it and meditate on it for this next week. And you see what it says. I'm going to bring you back to the land. I will reestablish you in the land. I'll make you more prosperous than your forefathers. I'm going to bless your livestock. I'm going to bless the fruit of your womb. You'll be more prosperous than your forefathers. What, more prosperous than Solomon? Maybe we're all going to have some Bitcoin or something, you know? What's going to take place that this prosperity will go beyond anything that was seen in the past? We're going to see his kingdom come and his will done, established on the earth. And, and why is the Father going to do this? Because he wants the nations to know who he is. He wants the nations to know that this is the day of salvation. And if our focus is bringing salvation... Rather than, it's the end, get me out of here. You know, if our focus is bringing salvation, we will make a difference. So we're receiving fruit of the Spirit so that we can give of the Spirit. Or are we receiving and just keeping for ourselves and dying in the wilderness? It's time for us to wake up on the times of the kingdom and see the victory of Yahovah. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed and encouraged with today's message. Um, if you want to give to the ministry, you can do that. You can see in the description, you can give. It's uh, buildoseoffaith.com forward slash give. Uh, or just click the link and you can do that even on podcast or on different social platforms that you may be listening on. If you've got comments and want to share a testimony or anything with me, you can email me, Kenny, at buildoseoffaith.com. You'll also see in the description our latest newsletter. I encourage you to get that as we start opening up the foundation of Abraham and just understanding Messiah uh, and, and just, you know, the, the children, the child of the promise. So go and check our newsletter and be encouraged with the newsletter. And I hope you've been blessed and encouraged. Until next time, tomorrow we do have the Zoom call. So join us on the Zoom call as well. Look forward to seeing you then. Until tomorrow, Shabbat Shalom.